Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing fantastic. As we record this, we're recording in April of 2020. We are going to drop it a little bit later. We always try to stay ahead. And we're both watching the same documentary series called The Last Dance yeah. about the Chicago Bulls. Uh, interesting fact, did you see the part where they talked about how Scottie Pippen was the sixth highest paid person on that Bulls team? Whack. So uh, how many do you think you could, can you name of the five that are above him? On that team? On that team. This will be a... Okay, so, so obviously Jordan, one, Jordan's one. 33 million with okay. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, was Bill Paxton on that team? Nope, uh, no. John Paxton wasn't on that I team. I mean, John, pa- John yeah. Paxton. Bill or Paxton, the actor, sure. Bill Cartwright was yeah. not on that team okay. either. Uh, Horace Grant, was he there? Horace Grant wasn't on that team not either. Yet. Rodman? Rodman, yep. Okay. 4.5 million. Okay. Uh, um, there's a... Uh, oh, come on, I he's can, a coach now, Golden State. Um, Steve Kerr? Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr was not higher, but he okay. was on that team just below. Um, Steve, Man, who else Steve Kerr only made $750,000. Well, only $170,000 for that. Right. He was the lowest paid person on the team. But uh, I can point, help you. I'm trying to think who Tony, else. Tony Kukoc. He was on that early? He was on, well, it was, yeah, late 90s team. Oh, yeah. th- that's right. I'm thinking of earlier It wasn't teams. the 91 okay, team. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, Tony Kukoc. Okay. Kukoc, uh, Rodman. How about, uh, not BJ Armstrong. Nope, he, not okay. BJ. Um, it was another guard. Uh, white guy, black guy. Black guy. Um... Ron Harper, Ron, of course, and their center from that team, not Cartwright, not Cartwright, Who not Bill after that, Luke Longley, Luke, three point one eight million, and Scotty Pippen coming in at two point seven five. What a travesty! Wow. That was a joke. That but was a joke. I talk about that because Scotty Pippen underpaid. The guy we're talking about today underrated. Yeah, Ryder, yeah. great guy. Um, Legend in our minds. Yes. We love this guy. David Wilcox. Some of you may not be familiar with the name David Wilcox, but trust me, your favorite songwriters are familiar with the name Absolutely. David Wilcox. He is a writer's writer for sure. Um, and uh, so we got something real special. This is really special for us. Like, this is a feels uh, episode. This is for a us. JP and Rob. You know, we wanted to do this one right before the closer. Yeah. Like, this we, is big th- for us. We love this guy. I think we mentioned, I, I'm almost positive we mentioned this song. Maybe in episode one. I think one. in episode one. That's yeah. what I was thinking. I think in the very first episode, we said, man, we've got to do Show the Way by David Wilcox. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I know we've talked about it with Dave Barnes. He know, you know, he is. Knows, yeah, he's a big David Wilcox They've done guy. stuff together. Nicole Norderman's done stuff with that. So a lot of the people that we've had before have done stuff with David Wilcox. Yeah. He is a, he is a writer's writer. And this song, he has tons of just amazing songs. And we'll get into kind of how he approaches his craft. And we're actually going to talk to him for a while in a little bit. Um, But uh, this song was my introduction to him, and this song has been a – this this is what I like to say about the song Show the Way by David Wilcox. I like to say it's not the gospel, but it's not far. That's good. You know what I'm saying? It's like it – this song is, is, um, you know – it's 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 a it's a place of refuge in the right moment, you know what I'm saying? Um and so this song is really special to me. This song is just one of those that uh just fills me with all sorts of feelings and hopefully it will you too. If you've never heard this song, you're really in for a treat. And we're going to do something special this week uh that we've never done before, and that's we're going to play the entire song front to back. We've gotten permission from the artist to do this. Um but we're going to go ahead and play this whole song because I kind of feel like it's one package that sort of unwraps itself more and more and more as it goes to to one single effect, right? Like this is a a story told in layers. And so we're going to play the whole thing. Because we want to introduce you to everything. That's right. We want you to this. get the, the full thing of, of this song. because the, And a lot of y'all may not know it. The best part That's about true. this song is is the song itself, and yeah. it's not complete until it's over. So um, so we asked David if this was cool, and he said yes, and uh, so we're going to play this um, from the beginning. This is Show the Way by David Wilcox. You say you see no hope You say you see no reason We should dream that the world would ever change you're saying love is foolish to believe Cause there'll always be some crazy With an 
army or a knife to wake you from your daydream put the fear back in your life look if someone wrote a play just to glorify what's stronger than hate would they not arrange the stage to look as if the hero came too late he's almost in defeat it's looking like the evil side will win so on the edge of every seat from the moment that the whole thing begins it is love who mixed the mortar and it's love who stacked these stones and it's love who made the stage here though it looks like we're alone in this scene set in shadows like the night is here to stay there is evil cast around us but it's love that wrote the play for in this darkness love can show the way stage is set you feel your own heart beating in your chest this life's not over yet so we get up on our feet and do our best we play against the fear we play against the reasons not to try We're playing for the tears burning in the happy angel's eyes For it's love who mixed the mortar and it's love who stacked these stones and it's love who made the stage here though it looks like we're alone in this scene set in shadows like the night is here to stay there is evil cast around us but it's love that wrote the play This darkness love will show the way Grab your tissues. Oh my gosh! And full disclosure, me and Rob had a moment in the middle of it. We there. did, man. Dude, me we and JP were, just had it. We, we just had a moment over together. It. it was wonderful. Oh, uh, so. the, the the fact that we are talking about this song on a podcast that we host, and we got to talk to David Wilcox about kind of about it. We talked to David about a lot. You're gonna see where we go with this, kind yeah. of maybe. He's. I'll, I'll tell you this about David, and we 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 learned this pretty quickly. Uh, but I'm not sure that we responded to it well. This may be our worst interview of it's, all time. It, yeah. Because it's different for us. David is um he, he, like he comes from a different place. He's a challenger. Like he will yeah. challenge you to different levels. That's right. Me and Robert Quirky, we're fun. We're blah blah blah. This is what we love about you. This is why this is great. This is yeah. why this is bubbly. Let's talk about gas station food. Right. <laughs> and he's like, let's talk about the root of the discussion of why gas stations exist. Yeah. No, I mean, like it's he's just another level. Yeah. Um, he doesn't do anything at all on a surface level. He right? is. He he said. Uh, he said in a, in a in a thing I read, music is sacred ground, and it shouldn't be reduced to that kind of simplified demographic target marketing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's, in other words, he's not trying to write hit songs, mm-hmm. right? He's uh, he's trying to he's trying to birth songs. You know what I mean? That cost him something. Yeah, and uh, and we find he'll that live out- in the pain. Yeah, he'll do it. And it's, he's a really interesting guy. He's so much smarter than both of us. If you put our brain power together yeah. of the knowledge that we have, yeah. he's still another level above us. Yeah. And you'll see that in the interview. He's yes. brilliant. He, he's a he's a feeler. I would love to know more about his either like Myers Briggs or Enneagram <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Um, 
it's just, it's a really interesting interview. What I would like to do now that we feel like we know him a little better is try and craft a different set of questions. Yeah. Cause you'll find out quickly in the interview, we get shaken a little bit. We aren't because, on our game. Yeah. Cause we have a, an approach. Y'all have heard us interview probably lots and lots of people. We've yeah. done this for hundred plus episodes. Yeah. So you've heard us interview a lot of people, which is crazy to even say a hundred yeah. plus episodes. That's yeah. still weird to say, but this is one where we weren't in our rhythm. Yes. And it was, I'm going to say for the better because yeah. it challenged us a little bit. It, it made did. us better interviewers, better thinkers. Yeah, so exactly. we learned from we, we learned. We took from a this. learning experience from this. It's like when you go as a as a team when you're growing up and you think I'm I'm getting pretty decent, <laughs> and then you play a team That's that right. just destroys they, you, and you're like, you. okay, yeah. I know where I'm at now. Thanks. I'll practice a little harder. Exactly. So. Yes, that is exactly how I feel about this. So. Yes. So uh, so we'll, we he he kept us on our toes for sure. Uh, but I just want to talk about this song for a minute. Show the Way is one of the most profoundly hopeful songs I have ever heard. You guys just heard it. It's the way it sets the scene for the for the real concept to to come through is just mind blowing to me. Uh, it's uh, it, it's just you can feel everything in this song. You know what I mean? There'll always be some crazy with an army or a knife you know, to wake you from your daydream. Like even when you feel like things are fine, something awful's around the corner to put the fear back in your life. Um, but then, but then as it unfolds, you see it's set this way because somebody's trying to tell a story and they've made it look so dark so that the light can shine brightest. You know what I mean? Like just incredible. And I'm not even talking about from a obviously if you're like a person of faith you will read faith into this song but it is you can separate it from faith if you're not you know if you're not a person of faith you know you can get the same degree of meaning from this mm-hmm. song um and and david has written everybody lots of songs hope. yeah mm-hmm. everybody likes hope everybody needs hope and i feel like even you know as we're recording um this song has been a, another level of important to me you know what i'm saying it's been we mentioned it's april of 2020 when we're recording now we're going to yeah. drop this in june of 2020 just yeah. full disclosure we'd planned to actually drop it next season like cuz we try to work ahead and yeah. we'd originally planned to drop it at, towards the beginning of season 6 and then we thought this needs to get out as quickly as possible yeah. and it would fit if we could drop it tomorrow uh, we would but chronologically it just makes sense to drop it when we drop it but yeah. um but so. in the time that we uh, you know, and we and we talked to David in the middle of you know the time of lockdown, you know all that stuff. So this song has just taken on another level of of appreciation. Which is a crazy thing about amazing songs is they keep like a great song can be reinvented just because it lives long enough for you to hear it again. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So you the next time you hear it, it's in a different context and it speaks something else to you that it never has before. So. I just think this song is going to live forever for me, it's for sure. And then, you know, one of the other things I love about Dave, uh, David, um, I did that same thing in the interview. <laughs> I called him Dave like we were old pals. Uh, <laughs> like, hey, how you doing, Dave? Um, but he, David's got this great warm singing voice that just get, it gives his lyrics their own kind of like credibility and trustworthiness. Like he's your, like he's your wise uncle who <laughs> happens to be like a poet laureate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he's just, he's reassuring and you know, it just gives credence to, um, to everything he says, his, his, his singing voice. Um, and we know we've said many times that I'm not I'm not super quick to get or appreciate the lyrics. I'm a music first, music second, music third, lyrics fourth. <laughs> you know, but in certain contexts, I get the lyric first and beyond everything else. And this song is in one of those contexts. This lyric is everything. The picture painted here is incredible, and the way the music complements and unfolds is just beautiful. Even though like the inter- interludes after the chorus, they make the song come alive with its color. And they feel like they pull the curtain back a little further on the story. You know what I mean? The 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 little the when the toms come in and it's got the the shimmery background vocals um, and it, the trumpet part. It's just yeah, it's just so full of hope, right? Like that's the light shining through, mm-hmm. and then it draws back in that second verse. Now the stage is set, and you're mm-hmm. back where you were, right? And you, and and you're back waiting in that moment again for that for that light to come shining through. I just uh, it's. It just kills me. A this roller coaster song, of emotion. It is a roller coaster of emotion. This song just kills me. Um, so he's he's like um, 
we're gonna we're gonna talk to David in just a minute. Um, but he, he, this is what I this is kind of what I've formed in my mind about him, and see if you agree with me. Okay, okay. He's like a method actor. Um, you know, where like a where like the actor assumes whatever like character they're playing. Joaquin at Phoenix all got times. ready for the Joker, like, and he like got ready, ready. Even like, even even further, a, a true like a true method actor. Um, is they'll they'll be in character at all times mm-hmm. when they're on set, right? So it's like you know, if Christopher Reeve is Superman and he's and he's method acting, he, he is Superman. He's eating as Superman. When the camera says cut, he's still, still Superman. Superman. Yeah. yeah, okay, because I'm gonna stay in this place even off camera. I think David Wilcox is a method songwriter. Okay, he is always in songwriter mode. He is he is when it's time to write, he embodies that song. Until it comes to life, that's that's the feeling I get from him after after having spoken to him. Um, he had this quote. He said, "I could always think of a lot of possible ways the song could go, but the trick was recognizing truth amidst all the cleverness. The more time I took, the more my deep heart could speak to me through the process of songwriting. I could gradually craft a song that felt like it was coming from the place I was going." If you decide to trust heart over cleverness, you not only get a song that moves you, you get a song that moves you toward being who you want to be. The time you spend immersed in the emotion of a song changes you. The song shows you the world through a particular point of view. And once you've seen the world that way, you can't unsee it. Right? That's method. Like he's, he is, is he, and and he's going to say this in the interview what does the song have to say to me, mm-hmm. right? And, and I've basically, I've got to get the story of this song out. I'm not creating it as much as I am sort of sculpting it from the block that it's trying to get out of, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, just incredible. Well, we so, hope you enjoy the interview. Check it out, guys. See what you think. Right. Yeah, Enjoy. so here we go. Let us let us let us know uh, now that you've seen our uh, vulnerability. I mean, he hits us right in the chink in the armor, uh, you know, right away. So I hope you enjoy hearing us trying to squirm and reconfigure a little bit to figure out. Okay, all we knew immediately. All our questions that we had prepared, we have to throw these out the window. Yeah, um, we were super prepped too. Like we yeah. don't normally jot down questions before. Sometimes we do, and sometimes we just do off the cuff. But this one, we're like, okay, this is big for us. Yeah. They're like, let's write. We had numbered questions. We're like, let's go. Let's. And it didn't matter what yeah. we had written. That's anyway. right. So we hope you enjoyed David Wilcox schooling us <laughs> as interviewers. Uh, let's go to that right now. And he's a great the, guy. We'll be back after the jump on the other side. Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, here we are with the one and only Dave, David, Dave, I just called you Dave, like we're best friends. <laughs> no, either works. <laughs> uh, we're here with David Wilcox. Uh, so excited to talk to you, David. Thank you so much for joining us today. You doing all right today? I'm doing well, thank you. Good, good, good. I know we uh, we we actually interrupted David's writing time today, for those of you who are listening. So uh, David had to drop what he was doing. It was surely going to be his next like mega hit. Career defining <laughs> opus, uh, and he dropped it all to call us today. So we really appreciate. We feel that. really special. We do. don't have mega hits because I get to play new songs, and my audiences tolerate it because they didn't come expecting to hear you know the old song that they kind of grew up with thirty years ago, <laughs> and so have more freedom in that regard than most other musicians. It's true. It's They're really not, not waiting on Freebird or. You know that kind yeah. of thing necessarily. Uh, we're we're talking today about the song uh, about the song "Show the Way," and uh, we wanted to speak to you. Uh, literally, we've we've we tossed around your name from season one. Uh, you know, we've done a hundred plus episodes at this point uh, in five seasons. Um, but from season one, we said that's a guy that we want to talk to, um, and because we love uh, you know a great deal of your music, uh, but particularly the song "Show the Way" has been just super impactful to to us. Um, and uh, I, I had a I had a band years ago. I was part of a band, and we we sang it just about every show as a cover. Uh, it was just it was just a huge part. Um, but I want to ask you some some songwriting questions. We're obviously going to talk about show the way in, in specific. But I, I have some songwriting questions, and we have some other stuff that we'd like to talk to you about. So the one first thing I, I would like to ask you about uh, from a songwriting standpoint, uh, what separates great songs from good songs? Well, uh, my first notion is the response that Woody Guthrie gave, which is song, which is a, a song can't just be good; it has to be good for something. <laughs> and so, I'm curious if uh, if 
if you could imagine for a moment that there was some strange device that could link up one human mind with another, you know, some science fiction sort of scenario, you'd have to choose carefully about who you'd want to sort of immerse yourself in. And uh, if you, like, hooked yourself up with somebody who had a lot of negativity, it would affect your life. And I have always felt like songs are that device. Mm. Songs get this long-distance transmission going between hearts and minds and souls. And you can uh, travel into someone else's world and see the world the way they see. And so my question is, is that like uh, a way that you really want to feel? There's a lot of songs that are uh, really good at communicating something that is very limited and very sort of, um, uh, it's a, a way of seeing the world and especially seeing yourself that um, could do you harm. And so sometimes when I finish a song that was just cathartic or just, you know, like something that I had to sort of understand and it's something kind of negative, I say to people, you know, I'm not sure I'm ever going to play this song. And they say, why? I really like it. And they say, well, yeah, yeah. I, I say it's good, but I think what it does I think it's good at what it does, but I'm not sure that what it does is good. <laughs> say, say uh, you know, it, it has to, it has to not only get to the heart of what I'm feeling, but it has to show the way through. And here we are back to show ah, the way. There we go. Nice tie-in. <laughs> I was expecting, uh, you know, I was expecting a two and two equals four kind of answer. But what I got was, I said, what's two and two? And you gave me an answer that was like a color. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and so it was really, that was a really thoughtful way to, to put all that and really interesting. And now I'm going to have to go back and listen to it just so I can chew on that some more because that's a really, really interesting way to put it. Um, <clears throat> I do have a part two to that question, and, it, and, it, and it's not as tied in as closely as I imagined it would be. But um, my, my first question was what separates great songs from good ones? What, in your opinion, uh, separates great songwriters from good songwriters? Oh, that's a really good question. There's different ways of thinking about this. Um, again, I, I I have to come back to uh, if somebody's really thinking about sort of the effect that their work will have. Um, mm. I um, and I don't think that is. I don't think I can really stand behind that answer, absolutely, because there's a lot of songwriters who would not agree with that, and uh, uh, and they there are songwriters who are looking at it just from the creative process, and you know they they find an interesting character and they flesh that character out, and that character is not who they want to be. That character is just an interesting, quirky human, you know between the rock and the hard place that is experiencing something really, really life changing. And so that can be good in itself. Uh, but I guess for me, the songs, the songwriters that I, that I really respect, um, are, are the ones who are aware of, um, sort of what they're trying to do and why, um, I know for me, the reasons why I write songs have changed so much over the years. And when I first started, I think I was finding my own heart. I was just sort of trying to, uh, to feel my, my yearnings and my hope and my, uh, just feel anything. I, I, I was not really tuned into my emotional side. I was a physics major. <laughs> and, and I just had this feeling like songwriting was uh, 
a way for me to listen to my own guidance, uh, my own subtle GPS that was speaking sort of my lifetime guidance, but it was speaking it so softly, I couldn't understand it. And so the songwriting was a way to uh, kind of uh, interpret for my heart so that my mind could understand it. Because if I just uh, wait in the quiet as a song is forming and take my time writing a song, the subtle discernment sort of builds gradually a clarity that uh that I can feel it's a story it's an arc it's a it's a way that I can uh feel into what my heart is trying to tell me and uh if I do that um and I really take my time then I get a song that um is not just me telling about what I've been through. It's actually my heart telling me what can be, uh, how I can see the world, how I can uh, stay in this appreciation of life and this sense of wonder and adventure and beauty. And uh, that's all... Um, it, it It's not... Yeah, I'm, I'm in love with the process and I love the waiting. And, um, I think that, uh, when a songwriter really thinks about, uh, the effect that it's going to have, it, uh, it, it makes it so that, you know, back to the Woody Guthrie thing, a song just can't just be good. It has to be good for something. Sure. So what is when, when you're approaching a song and when you're working on something, what is something what is the effect that you want to have? What What's your goal in mind for the listener to come away with from one of your songs? That's so fascinating, because even though I just said that, <laughs> when you ask this question, I think, I don't think I've ever done that. Wow. And so that's a weird contradiction, isn't it? Yeah. I sure. think what I was talking about before was sort of like uh, when the song is done and you 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 question, you know, like, what is this song for? What does it do? Uh, if it pushes you in a direction, which direction does it push you? Where on the scale of hope and despair does this song sort of move you? And so um, that's an evaluation that happens after the song's written. Mm. When I'm starting, I don't think I ever start with, you know, what's a nice, clever, happy thing that sure. I want to <laughs> say. Never do that. I always just listen for what the song wants to be, where the song is going. Usually that's just another way of saying, I listen to my heart and I say, what do I need to know? And I write the song. Then once the song is done, then I can say, is this good for something? Uh, and, you know, half the songs I write, I don't sing. And half the yeah. songs I I sing, I don't record. So there's a lot of filtering that goes on. And wow. I think that's really good because uh, it gives me this freedom. Like I'll get some quirky little idea about a song that I want to write. And instead of trying to think it through, I just, uh, I just wait until the song can speak for itself. I just listen to the song, uh, not try to force it into what I think it's going to be, wow, but great. try to really listen for what my heart is saying. You talked about like moving you and the way that the stuff you record versus what you write. Um, Show the Way obviously moves us is why we're talking about it. And it's on my favorite of your albums, which is Big Horizon. I love Big Horizon, everything from start to finish. And the way me and Rob listen to albums is we listen from start to finish. Like we like to hear the whole project as one. If you were going to go on tour tomorrow um, and play an album from start to finish, which one would you pick? Obviously, I would request that you do a Big Horizon tour, but if you were going to pick one of yours and just play from start to finish, is there one that you would enjoy doing from, say, track one till the last track? This is such a great question. And to answer that question from my world, from my point of view about what happens in a night of music, I would have to say that it's the last thing I would think of to play an album all the way through. I don't think it would serve anyone. And here's why, because it would be the equivalent of getting together with an old friend that you haven't seen in years 
and saying to him, oh, I'm so glad to see you. Let's talk. And he would start to talk and you'd say, no, 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 no. You say, say the thing that you said before. Remember five years ago when we were at the game? Say that thing. Yeah. And then he says, what? That's, uh, that was five years ago. What does that have to No, no, say it. Uh-huh. And it's, Come on. You're insulting both the speaker and the listener. You're just like, why not show up now? Yeah, okay. And I got you. That's kind the way of an album was, you know, who cares? <laughs> it's got nothing to do with where we are now. Well, that's similar. One of our favorite artists is Bruce Hornsby. And if you go to a Bruce Hornsby show, he's not only going to play, he's definitely not going to do an album all the way through. He's not even going to do the song the same way. So he's going to interpret, put his own interpretation on things. So I t- we totally get what you're saying. Um, selfishly, we would request a Big Horizon tour, <laughs> but we totally get get where you're going going with that. I would not want to be the person I was then. And if I immerse myself in that, oh boy, that's going the wrong way. (laughs) I got you. Well, well then I've got a great follow-up to that. You said you wouldn't want to be the person you were then. So 33 years ago in 87 is when uh, Night Watchmen, the Night Shift Watchmen came out. If you could go Mm -hmm. back 33 years and tell David Wilcox something about that album or about that time frame of your life, if you could Marty McFly your way back to 87, uh, what would you, what would you Tell David Wilcox or advice you would give himself, give yourself. There's a song that I just wrote about three days ago that I would, <laughs> I would love to play for that guy. Oh, uh, oh that's so cool. It's a funny little thing that you mentioned this sort of time travel thing, because um, that ridiculous quote that you always hear about, like, you know, I wish I knew then what I know now. Yeah. Um, uh, I just wrote this lyric that goes, if I were a young man with all that time to spend, I would bravely face my old mistakes and make them all again. Oh, if yeah. I were a young man lost with my old friends, I would trace that place we ran astray and chase that same dead end. I won't be caught complaining youth is wasted on the young. I'd be wasted too, but having fun... So I will live this lifetime like the first time when nothing is known. I'll enjoy all the scheming and the dreaming where nothing is known. I will live. I will leave every map back at home. And so basically the the, the premise of your question is, uh, you know, like, are there are there. Th- would my life be better if I could take some of this knowledge and put it then? And, you know, that's true with like knowing the trends of the stock market, maybe, (laughs) but not true with uh, like putting uh, that wisdom into who I was then. I, I think it just would ruin it. It'd be like a movie that I I know the ending of. It's a spoiler. <laughs> and uh, I think that um, I, I look at all those decisions and all the adventures that led to them and all the, all the circumnavigating around all the, the, the lost, um, like the, the chart of, like the path of a sailing ship and you see that you get caught in a current and swirled around a storm. And it's just, but that adventure was so beautiful. Uh, I don't think I would change a thing. That's awesome. And I, I, I yeah, that's it. <laughs> you, well, you are definitely a wonderful lyricist as for the listeners, they yeah. got a, a little bit of a glimpse right. into you. I do know. Did you do that off the top of your head or were you reading your own lyrics? Was that, or is that just from memory? The song you wrote? Three uh, no, days ago? I read that. That's okay. A new song. Okay. I was yeah, about to that say, was pretty you, impressive. That was amazing. So <laughs> my, my favorite or my most timely lyric, I guess, from, from your work um, is, is the, the prosperity will have its seasons. Even when it's here, it's going by. And when it's gone, we pretend we know the reasons, and all the roots grow deeper when it's dry. Like so, the first time I heard that lyric, I was uh, I was in the middle of a prosperous season. I didn't even realize it. Um, but like so many things, I was focused on concerns of the time. What kind of season are you say you you're currently in? Are you in one of those seasons of prosperity? <laughs> are, 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 are yeah, you that's what I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 or do you feel like you're digging in your roots right now? <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I have, uh, I, I have no idea about like, if I will think of this time as, ah, that was the good old days. Or if I will think of this time as, wow, we made it through that alive. (laughs) Um, I, I know that, uh, um, I am learning to appreciate life more. And when I say learning, I mean, um, I used to waste most of my time uh, with sort of a way of thinking that didn't really serve and didn't really bring me any joy. Um, And now I am kind of blissed out most of the time. Um, And I have kind of learned how to sort of show up uh, with my whole heart uh, much more of the time. Uh, And, you know, I'll get thrown for an hour, you know, instead of a month. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and then I will come back with this same simple process um, that I have learned over the years. And uh, so I think um, I think the the question that you're posing and the reference to that song is about sort of how we're how the world is treating us, and my answer is more about how I am um, sort of receiving uh, the the situation of my life, how I'm interpreting it, the story I'm telling in my head about what it means. Because like, for example, um, everyone is terrified about all these changes going on and the country will never be the same and all that. And, you know, I could go there, but I think to myself, it won't serve anybody if I go there. Yeah. So, So what I do is I look at, so what's the reality? And I say, okay, the reality is I'm in my house. Uh, I can't go out and mingle. I can't go play shows. So what I do is I tell myself, so if this were a writing retreat, I would be so grateful that the rest of the world has no claims on my time and I can go and write these songs and get really immersed in it. And so I choose to tell myself, okay, this is my writing retreat. What I'm doing is I'm making the boundaries of my life slightly smaller than the constrictions around it. In other words, I don't notice the constrictions. (laughs) (laughs) That to me is a, a way of describing how the same situation can be interpreted really differently. And the same goes with, you know, if I'm dying or if I'm paralyzed or whatever it is, I'm, I'm not saying I'm ignoring the problems of the world. I'm saying I, I say yes to whatever is, and mm. I come to it with a curiosity, like, what is God making with this? You know, mm-hmm. I just kind of like lean into all that and, and say, uh, you know, how can I show up and really appreciate and, uh, kind of savor this life, this moment right now. So um, that's the difference between my my answer and your question. I think that sounds that sounds like a healthy perspective, and a, and a, and it sounds like it would do do many of us well to uh, you know to kind of adopt that uh, mindset for sure. Um, when when you're writing, do you ever uh, do you fight the the sort of the voice inside that says? Oh, you know, somebody else has already said this, uh, you know, and, and probably better than me. Why, you know, why even write it? What do you, what do you tell, what do you say to, to writers and creatives who struggle with the notion that their work isn't worth adding to sort of the, the pantheon? Well, I'd say that, uh, the work of writing is learning how to go from that helpless, hopeless, it doesn't matter to, uh, trusting that the the process of writing is going to be good for your heart and mind and soul. It's going to serve your life. Uh, and I think getting yourself through that mucky, muddy swamp of doubt and 
insignificance is the very work itself of writing. And that's mm. what you get better at. Um, and so there are people who get better at that just by kind of forcing their way through it and making a trail and just kind of doing it by force of will. That's fine. That'll work. It'll keep you writing. There are people who try to wrestle with the ideas of that and try to say, well, maybe I can do it differently or yeah, but how about if I, you know, they can sort of try to uh, negotiate with those doubts and all that. Um, it's a fascinating battle. Um, and I think that the battle itself is not just an obstacle in the path. I think that it's the best thing about songwriting, the fact that it is so difficult because what you're practicing is not like putting more words on a page as if the world needs another song. It doesn't. But what the world does need is for people to be practiced at moving their uh, moving where they are on that spectrum of despair to bliss, uh, and knowing how to knowing uh, how to get through those those doubts and that um, that sense of impossibility and insignificance, um, because what that does to the rest of your life is it it gives you this beautiful sense of possibility and power and like the emotions that you're feeling right now, interesting as they may be, they are not reality. They're not uh, a good read on what the state of the world is. They're just the the movie we're projecting onto that wall. Mm. And so... um, I think the fact that it's difficult is the best thing. I think that the practice that we have of getting from despair to hope is the only part of songwriting that's really the the part to keep and savor. Throw all the songs away. You don't need them. What you savor is that ability to pull yourself through from despair into possibility. Wow. Cool. Wow. You're a, I'm just going to go ahead and say this, David. You're a deep guy. Yeah, you're like, a lot deeper. Than, I've, me and know, Rob are like, we have belly buttons. This is awesome. <laughs> and you're like another level of brilliance. Yeah, you come, in, you come into an interview sort of expecting, you know, kind of a, a certain set of parameters that people usually, you know, give give answers within. And I just feel like you've thought through so much of this on a whole other plane than than you know a lot of the people that even even great writers and artists that we've talked to you just are, are coming at all these questions from a, a perspective that is almost kind of pulling us off our game <laughs> quite frankly you know that's what I mean? good, because- that's good. I, I came at it with a little attitude just because you know you have uh i'm i love to imagine your life as buddies enjoying songs and having that as a kind of like a way to walk down a particular road and see a particular view. It's like going on a hike together, except it's an emotional terrain. And so you choose these songs and you decide to do this together to nurture your friendship. And then there's a podcast. And so people get to know you and get to know your hearts through the songs. It sounds like a wonderful thing to do. The only part that sort of made me bristle slightly was you want to talk about one song. Sure. <laughs> sure. The idea of like here are great songs and you want to find out the the heart on and sort of like where they came from but to me it's a fascinating you know it's like hearing james taylor talk about how he wrote uh you know just yesterday morning they let me know she was gone it's a beautiful story and it's in that beautiful uh book that he wrote and i i enjoy it but Man, there's a fascinating thing about like how it diminishes how we imagine mm. what music is for. Yeah. Because if you were to say, you know, like what's your favorite song? Uh there are there are songs that I am grateful for that changed me. Um but my favorite song is the one that's right now, the one that I just heard yesterday. <laughs> and and I really think that um, that to glorify them, to sort of make them a, an idol, uh, is looking in the wrong direction. Mm, um, interesting. And I, especially 
I mean, the conversation I would love to have is tell me the change that happened when you heard this song. Mm-hmm. In other words, mm-hmm. about personally, and not like, oh, there was this great collection of words and melody. Who cares? <laughs> your big picture. Your big picture. Yeah. Tell me how this affected your life. <laughs> yeah, you gotta sort of like look at uh, look at it in terms of why does your heart yearn for music? Why does music open your imagination? In terms of like. Uh, not just like, here's a thing that humans create, but like, why were humans created to love this? Why is this a portal into all that we have dreamed and all that we have hoped and all that we have yearned for? Uh, you start talking about that, suddenly I'm really interested. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, uh, um, we have to ask, uh, well, maybe we don't, maybe we shouldn't. I, I honestly, I'm not sure what to ask you next. Anything. You're such an interesting guy. Um, but we do like to ask writers what what is it from from where do you draw inspiration when you when you sit down to write what do you look to um you know to like you said earlier to to find this character uh and and to see what you know what this character is trying to say and what this character is going through today what what do you look to for inspiration today the song that you were writing when when we interrupted you with this phone call uh where did you what inspired you to write today now, that's a really unusual one. That's not my usual way of doing it. The song I'm writing today, I'm coming at from a very different point of view. It, I don't think it would serve in the time that we have to describe all that. <laughs> but usually what I do is I I come to the the writing studio. It's a very quiet room. And I go in there and I listen to the quiet. and I start some little thing on the guitar, which is just kind of a way to get my mind a little bit busy, just distracted enough that I can feel something. And then it's as if what I'm doing is sort of asking my heart, what do I need to know before it's too late? Like, is there something I need to say to someone I love? Is there something I'm missing in my life? Is there a perspective that I'm hanging on to that it's not really serving me um, like about what I think about somebody in my life. Hmm. And so I just show up with this ridiculous assumption that, um, that if I wait and I'm asking uh, kind of with a sincere heart, like, uh, is there something that I need to know, is there something that would bring a spark and beauty to my life right now? Um, and I, I just assume that if I ask sincerely and I, and I listen, that there will be this sort of osmosis from the other side, so to speak. There will be this uh, subtle gathering of emotion uh, that turns into a pattern of melody or turns into a, f- a phrase uh, lyrically. And gradually I kind of uh, discern the message uh, sort of in this time-lapse, uh, slow listening. And gradually I get a song that... Uh, if I dare to really follow into it, um, I can face some things that will wake me up. Um, so that's that's the best part for me about songwriting. Uh, yeah, it's kind of nice finishing a song, but uh, going into that unknowing uh, has become a beautiful trust and a beautiful agreement uh, that I have with all the, all the mystery in the world. And, uh, so that's, that's my favorite part. That's cool. You mentioned too, uh, you, you referenced James Taylor and a lot of people compare your style to kind of a James Taylor sound or even Nick Drake or Jim Croce. If you could go back and obviously those two that I mentioned post James Taylor are not with us anymore. If there's a way that you could have either toured with them or 
put a word for them because uh, you, you want to bring a good word and, and make people better. I get that from what we're talking about and impact their lives. Would you have enjoyed touring with either one of them, Nick Drake or, or Jim Croce? Are they on your radar? Uh, not Jim Croce so much never was, but Nick Drake definitely was. Um, I, I don't think I would have enjoyed hanging out with Nick Drake. Uh, what I said, uh, the promise that I kind of made when I agreed to go on this sort of songwriter adventure, I said, I want to go as deep as Nick Drake and live. And the end live part was very important. Um, I think, uh, he was grappling with a lot of darkness yeah. and uh, I think um, uh, my goal has always been to use this simple process of songwriting as a way to make my whole life kind of thrive and feel as good as a good song. And when I started this, nothing in my life felt as good as a good song. Uh, music was that one little window of, uh, wow, my heart can feel this good? Okay. And uh, there are people that I would love to go hang with right now. Um, like just four days ago, I heard the music of Krista. I don't know if it's Detor, D-E-T-O-R, or Detour, I don't know. But uh, she lives in Bloomington, and she has three records on Spotify. And she writes interesting characters and fascinating perspectives. Um, and so, you know, right now, it would be, I would want to go for a walk and talk about songwriting with her. Uh, I have had beautiful experiences with my musical heroes, you know, James Taylor and Petra. And they have, they were, it was gratifying to, to try to um, express my appreciation. Um, and yet what could they possibly do with it? Yeah. You know, it, 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 uh, it, <laughs> it doesn't like, it's not a currency they can spend. Sure. And uh, it, it, yeah, and that's a, a strange and unfortunate thing about like trying to uh, give your gratitude to some hero for their work because uh, you know it, it's always just a complete waste of time, if not annoying <laughs> from their point of view. It's so true. Well, yeah, I'll t- hopefully, we've not annoyed you because you are one of our musical heroes. Yeah, so we want to show you the ultimate gratitude and thankfulness, and we have totally enjoyed spending some time with you. I do have one more that we ask everybody, which is a little quirky. It's a little, uh, it's a little us. So let's say you're on tour and you go into a gas station. What is your snack food of choice? Like I get a Milky Way bar each time. We've heard some, I'm not sorry, uh, three musketeers. I get a three musketeers bar each time. I've heard some, uh, some different people from the people in England, obviously that we've interviewed and we get some weird answers. So what would be your gas station food of choice? There have been many times when I have been a little hungry on some Midwestern drive and walked through four different aisles of a gas station. There is nothing edible in a gas station. (laughs) You are the first (laughs) to give that answer. That's amazing. So you you, you go hungry. You walk out hungry. Uh, it's better but you impact someone's life in there by them seeing that they're like that guy has discipline they're like i I want what that guy has (laughs) well it's just like a song before you put it in your body you have to think what will this do to me right (laughs) that's good well i will tell everybody they need to check out musical medicine which is a good tie into that on your website it's fantastic i've loved going through if you're in this stage or if you're if this is something where you are in life there's a song of david wilcox that'll That'll hit you where you need where you need to be hit. It's good, so it's right. It's right on point. So look up his mu- musical medicine part on his webpage. It's good. Absolutely. And is there anything, Dave, that you have that you have going on that you want to tell the listeners about? I know, or? I know you've got a new single I'm out, "No Stranger curious. to the Flame." Oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. 
I'm just curious about uh, your story and how you decided to do this. And I can uh, Google that up and see if I can find it. But uh, it Good luck. Like- We're nobodies. <laughs> no. you, we'll let Rob – you want to take it, Rob? We'll, we'll give you the edit yes. for television. I can give you it the- won't be as nearly as lyrically brilliant as what you said. <laughs> we won't wax as eloquently, but we'll give you the, the guys from Tennessee's version. Yeah, here's the, here's the short version of, of, of how we started the show. Uh, JP and I are friends since college, and uh, we're now in our late 30s. And, uh, so one day I'm, I'm dropping off my kid, uh, one of my kids at school and, uh, walking in Memphis by Mark Cohn is on the radio and it gets to that last verse, uh, about Muriel playing piano. And, uh, and he gets to the line about, uh, she says, tell me, are you a Christian child? And he says, ma'am, I am tonight. Um, and I, the, the thought just washes over me like, my gosh, that line is so good. You could do an entire podcast about just that line. You know what I mean? It's so rich and it tells such a story that you could do, you know, an entire episode of a podcast about that one line. And then I thought, wow, you really, you really could do that. Uh, and so I it, it, immediately, I knew I had to call JP. We live three hours apart. We, we drive to each other once a month, you know, in one direction or the other. Um, and, and it's been um, through this podcast, it, like you said, this has been a way for us to further our friendship because we weren't getting to see each other enough, but I knew that JP was the guy that I had to call. So I called him immediately, uh, before I even got home, I called him and I said, dude, we're starting a podcast. I know we've never done it. Uh, but this is what it's going to be about. And you're, you're the guy that has to host us with me. I'd so, never listened to a single podcast episode of anything other than the serial podcast prior to the first episode that we recorded. And this was, you know, a few years ago and we're over a hundred episodes now. And, yeah. and it's led us to this weird journey where, you know, like you, we've gotten to talk to many of our, you know, people who we look up to a great deal and admire in the world of music and who have made you know, some of the music that we have loved immensely over the years. And it's just been a really enriching thing, even just for us. And now it's gotten to the point where other people are listening and enjoying it. And it's, you know, it's, we kind of have this whole community that we've built, uh, you know, around the show. So yeah, it's been really great. We joked that we would do it even if nobody's listening, but Absolutely. we're fortunate that we have a, a pretty decent following and we chart pretty well. And that's, it's been good for us to keep motivation to keep going. So that's it's our. so interesting to hear. And I, I'm, it's uh, inspiring to think of having an excuse to gather and having a topic that draws you into a, a, a kind of a soulful place. Um, it's so nurturing for your friendship. That is such a great idea. Um, and I, you guys are songwriters too or not? Uh, yes, we are. Rob more, so, no. Rob more so than me. We're both, we're both musicians. <laughs> we're not setting the world on fire, yeah. but you know, we Rob, do our Rob's a, a great writer. Uh, I love, uh, there's so many choices in sort of how you come to this. Uh, like for example, that, that beautiful line in the Mark Cohen song, uh, you could ask the question sort of, what does this do to you? Or you could ask the question, how does it work? Uh, and, one will lead you into why a song has the form that it has. Mm. Uh, and one will lead you into sort of how our hearts are led. And, uh, and it's a fascinating, uh, uh, sort of quandary about like how you mix those because there's, there's plenty of like sort of how it functions. Um, uh, you know, like if if you learn about uh, sort of the shape of a wing and aeronautics and all that, you can build a machine that flies. Uh, you can build a song that sort of has an effect mm-hmm. if you know the form. And, and and yet there's the question of like, well, what does it do? Sure. Uh, I mean, like, is it good to see the world from a different perspective? And, and why would you want to fly? And, and so the that whole thing about like, uh, are you, are you gazing at an eagle or are you, are you charting sort of equations on paper? Um, that's a fascinating thing about like how songs work versus sort of, sort of, um, sort of why there are songs. (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, I, I'm, 
it sounds really interesting, and I, I'm going to come listen to your podcast. That sounds really cool. You're going to hate it. I'll just tell you, you're going to hate it. No, just kidding. Um, no, uh, we are. I, if I interviewed songwriters, I would mostly piss them off. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I would ask questions like, you know, so like, uh, you know, I, I would ask questions about their internal journey. And if they're comfortable talking about, you know, sort of like the meta, sort of the the sort of inside of it, it could be really good. But I, I think there would be a lot of songwriters who are just saying, who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good for us all to be challenged. So thank you for the challenge that you've provided to us today and to the listener out there. Yeah, this to has be been better. a, a this really is, unique. This I has think... been different than anything that we've done. So we thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And honestly, thank you so much for the, for the beautiful music over the years. It has been uh, it has been a source of hope and a, and a source of uh, inspiration and 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 change and uh, and we hope to uh, you know help help spread it to as many people as we possibly can. Um, I know you've got a new single out earlier in uh, March of this year called "No Stranger to the Flame." Uh, is there anything else on the uh, horizon that you want people to know about, or at least you want to shout out your social media uh, so people can follow you there? Well, there is all that stuff, uh, the David Wilcox music page on Facebook and stuff. And I'm going to, uh, uh, of course, this, there's uh, a lot of playing live like I'll be doing tonight <laughs> that's going on these days. Um, and uh, when the when I get to go play gigs again, um, there will be a, a schedule on DavidWilcox.com. Great, great, great. Well, again, David, thank Thanks you so much. Thanks so much. We appreciate your time. Your time. We appreciate no worries. It. Thank you, Mike. Thanks so much, David. Talk to you soon, man. Podcast. So there we have it, kids. That was David Wilcox. <laughs> that was awesome. So cool. It made us feel uncomfortable because we didn't know if we were going to be able to conduct a successful interview or <laughs> measure not. up to his level of coolness. Yeah, I mean, obviously we don't measure that up to like. <laughs> I'm just like, are we going to get through this in a way that is usable? Yeah. Like we 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 wondered afterwards, like, are we going to be able to? Is this going to work? You know what I mean? Like, did that happen? Um, and all you David Wilcox listeners that joined us for this episode, listen to some of our other interviews and just to see the difference on yeah, like how it because was. We go, you know, we don't go super deep, but he went deep right away. And, <laughs> and we just tried, tried our best to follow. Um, JP, you wanted to mention uh, David's yeah, musical medicine. He's got me- musical medicine. If you get a chance, go on his website and look yeah. look at it. It's really awesome. It's uh, based on what you're going through. There's a song for it. Yeah. So it's just that's. I'm just going to keep it there and keep it. I'm going to keep it surface because I want you to discover it for yourself. Yeah, it's it's really thoughtfully. It's really well thoughtfully done. done. I, Whatever would, stage you're going through, wh- what you need, he's got a song for it, and it's there. So it's yeah, well done. Absolutely, it's very cool. So go check out davidwilcox.com and uh, and check out some musical medicine. And check out his latest project. I, in 2018, he won a Song of the Year, uh, like a, uh, um, I think it was American Songwriter Song of the Year contest for the for the title track, uh, the opening track on his uh, 2018 album. So just check it out. I mean, the guys, this was 1993, 1994, this era, um, but he's still out killing it, like just crushing it still. Um, and he's going to, I imagine, just be writing these killer, thoughtful songs until the day he dies. Um, I wanted to point out, I read this cool interview. It was in 1993 in Spin Magazine, um, where apparently these, this issue, I think they did this annually, but I've never heard about it. Um, the issue was written and edited in part by members of the cast of Saturday Night Live. Oh, wow. Um, and Kevin Nealon. You remember Kevin yeah, Nealon? Absolutely. He did was Weekend Update. Weekend Update, Hans and Franz, mm-hmm. uh, Subliminal Man, yeah. you know, all Down that stuff. the elevator with Sting. That's right, yes. And it, uh, what's the one with, uh, he did the one with, um, Huey Lewis, gonna go yeah. back, gonna go. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, um, so Kevin Nealon writes this article about David Wilcox. Uh, he had seen him by chance in Colorado on recommendation of like he was shopping somewhere and he was like, Any good concerts in town? And the clerk was like, David Wilcox is here, you got to go see him, he's great. Okay, so he goes, falls in love with David Wilcox's music, and uh, and so when they they catch up over dinner, um, in New York City, and Kevin does this interview for spin magazine, which is, I thought was super cool. Um, and so then by the end of the interview, I'll let you read the interview. You can find it. If you just search, if you just search David Wilcox interview spin magazine, it'll probably come up. Kevin Nealon, surely it'll come up. Um, so by the end of it though, they decide that Kevin should come and do part of David's show that night and turn it into like a double bill as just a fun surprise, you know, spontaneous thing. Um, so David does the introduction, like hidden from the audience. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, David Wilcox. And Kevin Nealon 
comes out on stage with David's acoustic guitar and uh, busts into what he called, his words, a hack rendition of David's song, Rusty Old American Dream, uh, before admitting, obviously, I'm an imposter, and then he brings David onto the stage. That's for so real. cool. What a cool story, That's right? Amazing. I mean, to have been there, that would have been incredible. I yeah. love both of those guys. That's awesome. You know, so I think that's really cool. Um, so yeah, check that out. Go, go read that interview. It's, it's really interesting. That's cool. I like um, it. I'm going to, I'm going to land with one more quote from David Wilcox okay. and then we'll say goodbye. Um, he, he said, I started to write songs because I wanted to find a way to make my life feel as good as I felt when I heard a great song. Oh, that's great. Yeah. He said, I don't think I'd be alive now if it had not been for music. But that, what a great way to put that. I wanted to find a way to make my life feel as good as I felt when I heard a great song. That's awesome. If that won't inspire you to try and write the best song that you can, you know what I mean? Imagine like the way that you felt when we played you this song just now, if you can find anything in your life, it doesn't have to be songwriting, but if you can find something that you can do to make you feel the way you felt when you heard that song or whatever your favorite song is, figure out a way to do that. That's good. You know what I mean? Figure out a way to do that and you'll leave the world better than you found it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, man, what an incredible thing. Guys, home stretch. Next week's the finale of season five. Goo! Holy cow. Should we go ahead and say special guest? We we have a special guest. We're not going to say who. We it have was. a special guest. I think we should because I think there's some crossover here. Okay, cool. Right? If you're a big David Wilcox fan, then you are probably likelihood is high that you are also a David McKee Barnes fan. A Dave Barnes fan. Dave joins us again Third next week for the season finale. We won't give away the song, but Dave Barnes is back with us one more time this season, uh, and it was a blast. We went so epic fun. as we always do for the season finale. So uh, we'll be back next week with the season five finale. That's I can't crazy. believe it of the great song podcast hit us up on twitter and instagram at great song pod facebook.com slash groups slash great song pod or you can just search for the group great songs and the great uh people who love them greatly and as always go to greatsongpodcast.com for archives merch and more <sighs> we'll be back next week to end season five Man. uh until then i'm rob i'm jp go listen to some music <laughs>